Well, hello there. Welcome back to Divas, Diamonds, and Dollars podcast. We bring you the key success principles to support you as you grow into the best version of yourself. We share whole life insights on personal finance, leadership, and business to help empower you with the tools and strategy to get ahead and succeed at a higher level. I am your host, Larissa Troach, together with my co-host, Cecilia Benford. We invite you to lean in for possibly the best conversation you have had all week. Okay, gentle persons. So um, before we jump in, of course, I must do the traditional algorithm chow and uh, remind you to please subscribe. As you know, makes the algorithms tummy happy. So please subscribe and share with a friend. Right. Getting right into it. Truth is proper and beautiful in all times and in all places. Now, that was by Frederick Douglass. I hope you all know who that is. A lifelong advocate for the rights of Black Americans who spoke these words at the unveiling of a monument to Abraham Lincoln. I know you know his name. Um, you know, he said that it is important to also recognize the shortcomings along with uh, Lincoln's many accomplishments. So, you know, yes, people are wonderful, but they're also human. Now, whether you celebrate Black History Month or just look forward to watching a documentary about Black excellence that you were unaware of, Douglas, again, Frederick Douglass said, the truth may not always be comfortable, but we can gain great insight from understanding the nuances of reality. And, you know, last week, Cecilia, oh, last week, recently, Cecilia said that our world is complicated. I also like to say that our world is nuanced. That is very, those are two very um, real words that I think that I may have to incorporate into my daily um, convo because that is the reality of it all. And I think it reframes it somewhat. And just briefly, um, I will also mention that I saw an advert, if you will, for mm, the NAACP Image Awards. Now, I don't generally watch award shows, but I guess I'm getting to the age where um, I can probably handle one. And I do like watching, if you will, um, you know, it's, it's inspirational and it's a good reminder. So February 25th, mark your calendar if you weren't aware of that already, the NAACP Image Awards. Sure to be informative if you don't know a whole lot about Black history, but also um, definitely to be, I'm sure it will be inspirational whether you know a lot about Black history or not. And it's just a good reminder. So pardon that little station break. This hey, is I, I think that uh, lends itself very good for our topic. Um, because in fact, um, as we heard those quotes, you know, this is going to be more of a reflective uh, discussion. And when you said the NAACP Image Awards, it is a wonderful show because it just, you just learn so much about, I mean, I I, I know quite a few things, but, um, you know, today we're going to talk about Black History Month every day, 2023. So that's why we invite you to do that. And it really uh, goes along with what we're going to share with you to come along you know, with us 
So as you listen to the uh, episode quotes, um, and as I said that um, we, we put this out there for your reflection, but also hopefully there will be some form of action or advocacy, which you can do from the comfort of your home. That That's what I would call what we're doing today. I am grateful to do just that today, to be at home and to be able to share this with you. Um, so I had a thought-provoking moment about what I thought about this year when I read this uh, editorial a couple weeks ago. And uh, this guy, you know, he writes a lot of different things. And I was just kind of, he made me take pause because what he said was this month had become one of meaningless recitations of people we hear about each year and no meaningful discussions. So I was like, hmm. He then goes on to say that the things that, um, you know, the talk about things that have kept Blacks shackled by the past and the resulting statistics. So, you know, he went into, you know, to some discussion about that. Well, you know what? There are those who want the truth to stay hidden even though no one is saying any one individual from the majority race can be blamed for systemic discrimination. But what I'm seeing today, the you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like the more somebody does something, the more the opposite shows up. Well, that's kind of what is happening. I, I watched another d discussion yesterday about this thing about uh, some legislation. Uh, being put out what people can't talk about in schools, for heaven's sake. And so history can't stay hidden because it's history to be shared, to be known, right? And so there are many avenues to reflect, to learn, to celebrate. So that's really what this month is about. And we are all responsible for what happens today and even in the future. We are all responsible. So I would like to, at this short space of time that we have, uh, provide three kind of headings for you to, you know, pick one to think about, you know, where do you stand? What, where can you contribute? What can you learn from? Leadership mindset. That is our month. You know, we're talking about the catalyst for effective leadership. Leadership shows up in so many different ways. And, and including those who lead from behind. Yep. There's such a thing is leading from behind. So the leadership mindset tells me that we all have opportunities to share. The key is you have to be courageous and do it. And so we'll, you know, uh, elaborate on each of these momentarily. Community mindset. I do see in, in this area where I live, uh, in the, the Dayton and suburb or metropolitan Dayton, even Columbus and Cincinnati are considered pretty diverse. And so uh, there's a lot of conversations about community mindset. I applaud, I mean, all the agencies that are really doing something large and small. Um, and so community simply means having conversations with others about empathy and humanity, because that's what we're talking about, people. And, you know, things can't get done without empathy. And so, you know, kind of going back to our world stage, hey, let's face it, 
there's plenty going on in the world that I don't know, even if you close your eyes and try to not see these things, I'm pretty sure you can't ignore everything that's going on in the world. And then there's action or advocacy. So again, that's what I said. I think what we do here is advocacy and we're taking action. We're not going to be quiet. And so by participating in a Black history event, um, you can learn from the ideas and voices uh, found in news magazines or papers that are transforming HR departments. And I don't want to steal your thunder, Larissa, but I have to say one thing I've seen, hopefully I'm not, that, uh, in fact, I won't be specific on this in case you are going to talk about it, but uh, one thing I'm seeing is that, okay, uh, people have talked about maybe a person that maybe a lot of people know about, but what I'm seeing is they're not just saying the old things. They're saying a lot more things about the person who was a first and did something that I learned something about. I am noticing that in many, many areas. So whatever the buzz is, some people have gotten the messages and saying, we have a story to tell and we're going to tell it. And so I applaud all the uh, creatives that are doing that. Okay, two things. First of all, you introduced um, leading from behind and you didn't expand on that. Maybe for the people in the back of the room, just say what leading from behind means. And secondarily, uh, still my thumber, thunder, because I'm probably not going to talk about it. So please go ahead and share fully what Le you meant to say. So leading from behind is- Leading from behind is- uh, even though a person is actual the leader, but there are many who really don't know what to do or to say. And so by being a voice to that person, whispering in their ear, recommending that they say something and help them learn about something, that is leading from behind. That was something that I've had to do over time. That is something I'm hearing about more today. Oh, interesting. A lot of times people are in leadership positions. They really just don't know. Oh, and you, that part I'm not. It was yeah. just the leading from behind because I would have gone in a slightly different direction. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So you just need so to be, to you know, it's kind of sometimes you got to push people out in front to do what they need to do. Um, the What you sent me from the Affordable Housing Agency about Benjamin Banneker, I was very impressed with that. I knew about Benjamin Banneker. I've always I've known about Benjamin Banneker for years, but I thought the way that was presented, and now you can talk about it, was very helpful. If if you know, I mean, you know, maybe we're not on a, a what's the word trivia contest show, mm -hmm. but it's really understanding that these are real people who not only did they were the first to invent something, but why did, you know, but they did all these other things too as part of their natural being. Well, thank you for giving me way too much credit. Um, so I was actually reading a book. I'm still reading a book. It's not a quick read. It is, uh, you know, because you kind of stop and want to take notes and underline and highlight and say, oh yeah, I got to remember that. And I wanted to remember that to share with you all today. It's called The Wealth Choice. It's about uh, interviews with, um, black millionaires and at the time of writing so there's 35,000 black millionaires which probably isn't a huge number but 
the book is inspirational and that it's, it's supposedly laying out the steps to become and how we can make that difference and, you know, uh, create generational wealth. So there were some um, names that I, so for me, when Black History Month comes, um, you know, yes, they do, everyone, you know, there is no Black History Month without talking about Martin Luther King Jr. And we cannot take anything away from him. But again, every year now that I'm an adult, okay, mm -hmm. for many years I've been an adult. <laughs> now that I'm a slightly more mature adult, every year it seems that I learn about someone new, which is good because you know there are more than five people that they talk about every year. There's a lot going on. There are a lot of contributions. And so see, as I underline this and no one else is going to know the reference, but I will tell you, I want to say it was Kathy Hughes. Are you familiar with that name? She well, see, you just know too much. Okay, the no, rest of no, 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 please. But her father, no, her grandfather, Lawrence, whose last name I don't remember, was uh, he started Piney Woods School. And I know you know Piney Woods School. I think, oh my gosh, how am I just, you know, yeah, why was that such an intrinsic part of our childhood? But um, you know that six degrees of separation, it might be 12 for us, but still to see that in print when it was actually. It's a big deal, but it was a small school. Yeah, right. Um, so when I saw this, like, oh my gosh. And there were actually so many names that I've read about so far. And I'm probably only a third of the way through the book. But um, the author interviewed, I don't think he, he didn't interview 35,000. <laughs> but he interviewed several of these millionaires to find out what the common threads were and how they became, you know, uh, created wealth, no, created generational wealth. So anyway, that's not the topic of the day, but again, as I'm learning, as I'm reading, I'm learning about some of these contributions and how far, how deep the connections go. And so when I saw yes, Piney Woods, yes, I was like, yes. oh my gosh. Piney Woods was, we spent our summers in uh, Mississippi with the grandparents and the paternal grandparents um, had this connection to Piney Woods, which I couldn't tell you what it was, but uh, we did go out there more than one time. And so that is why. I was talking to my brother yesterday. How come I don't remember anything? But I remembered Potty Woods. Okay, back to today. Leadership mindset. Leaders should always be agents of change. And to Cecilia's point about many have the title and have no idea what they're supposed to do about it, that's a frustration of mine. It's like you give somebody this title, you give somebody this role, and then you don't give them any guidance or development. So being an agent of change requires vision and a willingness to face potential backlash hmm. and of course energy and uh, we were talking about that actually before we came on the air if you will about negative back talk how exhausting oh. that is mm. and mm. so if you have decided to step up the table or someone dragged you to the table however you got there um you do you okay you have to keep your eyes on a lot of things that are going on but in terms of today's topic you know organizations big or small a leader my continual frustration that has to use their voice for change mm -hmm. and if the change needs to be more along the lines of widening the conversation bringing others to the table are you willing to do that? Heavy as the head that wears the crown, can you step up? 
So demonstrating support, if you will, for the voiceless, um, it helps the bottom line. It brings more uh, acceptance of celebrating diversity and it's hugely important to the staff. And I challenged you last week to kind of quote unquote, look around your inner circle and look around your office or whomever that you're looking at. And is it all one, um, everyone looks the same or, and how diverse are those, your connections, your immediate connections and your slightly, you know, your wider circles as the ripples expand. So companies, I'm, here's my frustration. I have many frustrations. One frustration. Yes. <laughs> um, let me let me finish my sentence. So for co larger companies, I feel are promoting many first by black leadership. And so when I see that, like on well, I don't spend so much time on Twitter. I don't know why I'm hanging out there, but I always forward that because I want retweeted, if you will, because I want to help get the word out that you know black leadership is doing, and it shouldn't need to be pointed out, but pointing out the capabilities. And so, especially as a black woman, I want to tell everybody about it. Mm -hmm. um, what was I going to, I was going to make my fuss. Um, shoot. Well, I will have to interrupt Cecilia when that thought returns to because I, I Please sure did forget it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I will share with you again, another station break, if you will. Um, the 1619 Project is on. I had heard so much about that and I didn't read the book. I know who the woman is who's initiated it and, you know, slightly controversial. But I mean, anytime we can take the opportunity to learn and be educated. So the 1619 Project is um, airing now on Hulu if you have access to that streaming platform. It's an introduction. It's a conversation. It's, it's again, like I said, it's a learning opportunity. So I, I'm pointing out these events, if you will, that are happening, quote unquote, during Black History Month, but the title of our podcast is actually Black History Month, no, Black History Every Day. And so I'm just laying out for you some opportunities for you to widen your horizons and learn a little bit more. And to Cecilia's point about being an armchair advocate, if you will, I think the more you learn, the more you grow. And I hope that you will incorporate some of these uh, new learnings, if you will, into number one, your conversations, and number two, your actions as you, as you build your business and or as you manage your career. Um, depending on where you are, there are opportunities to speak up and to speak out and share the intel as, it, as, it, as you become aware. It was mighty close to ramble, and I want to have that thought back so that I can share that with you. But I am handing the baton, if you will, the talking stick over to our community, mind you. All right. Community mindset. So there are many who say we need to cultivate a community mindset because we've reached a crossroads. Um, the crossroads have to do with it's kind of like when we talked about cosmopolitan leadership, uh, we live in a global world. People cross paths every day. And it's kind of like, you know, you can't no longer just walk by a person and not wonder what's, 
you know, who they are, what they're about, why they do what they do. Why are things like that for them and not for me and vice versa? And so this crossroad requires a commitment to change what has happened in the past. Uh, the mindset looks at each other as having common human needs and goals. That's what I was saying about humanity and empathy. You just really cannot uh, overlook that humanity and um, what that brings about, okay? Um, and I kind of sit here and kind of hesitate because, again, there's so much going on. I mean, I just think about a couple of things I just read, you know, recently. One, um, I didn't know they counted the homeless uh, every January and how that's done, you know, one at a time. And, of course, where the majority of them are and they're everywhere and everywhere you go. <clears throat> I remember my thought. It's just, I can write it down. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. And so there are organizations and individuals who are working uh, to lend a voice, uh, to lend a hand, to lend their energy. That's what we talked about. Um, I, you know, I, I just am impressed with that. And, you know, we say, you know, organizations like is some, um, you know, thing, but organizations are people, right? And so um, another way that community mindset gets put out there, colleges, you know, colleges are a great place to learn about things, right? It is about opening up your mental, um, I always want to say, you know, opening up the aperture, but, you know, your brain, your, your mind, uh, learning about other people, things you might never do anything with, however, but they are great forms for collaborating with each other. Uh, you know, so there's several colleges right here in this area. They're putting on, um, or they put on a, a, you know, they can, you know, because they can use their resources to get keynote speakers, presenters at symposiums. You know, they can go over like two or three days and have different conversations where groups are singled out and they just want to talk about what can we do? Why are we where we are? What can we do better? So I think that's really, really important. Um, they, I, I just want to mention, I mean, you know, when I, I think that when people think about going to college, if you will, it's about, you know, I'm going to get this degree. This is my course of study. But college, again, well, we're talking leadership, so this is relevant, is that um, it's the connections that you make. and. Right. Unfortunately, in That's many ways, I shouldn't say unfortunately, I shouldn't generalize. I hate when I generalize. It seems like people don't realize the importance of the relationships and connections until much later on, and then their college years have passed or they haven't done anything with those college years. Now, people who are lucky enough, if that's the right word, to go to school full time and maybe even have the dormitory experience or college life experience, you know, I think maybe. In many ways, they do. Um, let me rephrase. I can only speak about my experience. I worked full time since I was a baby. You see, only slightly kidding. <laughs> so, anyway, so that means I went to school part time. I did not have the check in and live on campus or the shared dormitory experience. And so, I am one of those people that I'm speaking of who did not recognize the importance of making connections throughout the college years because, you know, I was like, I was exhausted. 
um, between the working and the college and the ridiculous Bay Area commutes. It wasn't time for all this hanging out until later. I wish I had spent more time on that. So if when you're sending your kids to college or if you're going to school, make sure that you take time to nourish those, make and nourish those relationships. So yes, your academia, yes, hopefully some culture and some wider knowledge with the forums and the keynotes and the um, big names, but it's also those connections. So all three of those kind of have to go together. Yes, that makes you a busy person, but really it will pay off so much more in the long term as you make the connections more than a single coffee, more than a business exchange card exchange, staying in touch and growing and learning from each other. So college does many things. And for kids or people who think that, eh, I don't need college, you don't necessarily need a college for the book learning. It's for all the things that come with the college that you may also need, my dear. And so black culture. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So I, I, you actually kind of, um, let me, let me go back to the college because actually I was thinking, uh, so the community colleges, we got a couple, we got, you know, the big cities all have one. The community college uh, in the Dayton area is actually number one in the state. It is so good. So there are actually, it's a lot of adult learning mm -hmm. uh, that's beyond, I mean, like I've gone and attended events. So uh, it's open to anybody. So that's the other thing, you know, that's why I wanted to put it out there. Sometimes people just think it's just for the young, but, and, and the connections are, uh, you go there and you're like, oh, I know that person. I've seen that person. So there, there is a lot of connection and it's just interesting that people are there for the same thing. You know, they're, you know, looking at the future, you know, they're part of the community. So I just, you know, uh, want to keep that mindset. That's where we are today. And so um, Black culture, as uh, you were prompting me just to get into, you know, I, sometimes I try not to talk about the two obvious ones, music and sports. But um, true to, to really recognize Blacks as a culture um, who had overcome some things, but the culture really started entering the mainstream in the late 1960s. Now, whether it's clothes, as I, I've already said, music and uh, sports, but there, there are several other things, um, you know, hair, clothes. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, we, we, we could, you know, but that's not, you know, we're not trying to teach that today. However, but it, is a national culture in several ways. And so if I just use the music genres, um, you know, you remember Soul Train? I do, because I was watching it every Saturday. Well, so we talk about people who, we knew Don Cornelius as, you know, everybody dancing on Saturday, and while it was predominantly Blacks, which we had some whites too, but we were exposed. People start seeing that and people got involved that way. However, it's the behind. Why did Don Cornelius did that? Because he wanted to show Black people. He was advocating for civil rights in our culture. That was the purpose. It wasn't just we were just out there dancing. A lot of times people just 
sort of mistake we're out there just entertaining but no that i just you know it's what what reasons people did the things they did uh remember Larissa, i mentioned las vegas to you i don't know if you've had a chance to watch that documentary but um you know a lot of people have been to las vegas but you kind of need to know how a lot of people know all the blacks who are out there are entertaining but it wasn't that very long ago where they could okay and so um, there was a Black Las Vegas. Um, and then just uh, recently, um, the Grammy Awards. So you mentioned the award show. I don't necessarily look at all the award shows, but there were certain things that were highlighted about the Grammy Awards that this year I wanted to see. Mm -hmm. Number one was who was uh, actually um, the host, uh, Trevor Noah and since, I mean, he's like, you know, worldwide, he had just given up his uh, talk show, but he, I just think he's a great host. And yeah. so um, that was one reason I wanted to watch it. But so they celebrated hip hop, 50 years of hip hop. Wow. 50 years. Oh my God. And that was, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that, you know, it takes you back. And so people, I'm sure a lot of people were reminded about what we brought to the table, bring to the table. And you know, it was interesting. And that was about 19 minutes worth. And the production of how they brought in all these people. And um, that that was just really good. And, you know, uh, Beyonce, I don't follow Beyonce, per se. <gasps> However, loud? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But what I do know is, uh, first of all, she won the most Grammys. She is now the number one winner of the most Grammys. But she is quite the activist. And so... When I look at people, I look at what do they do with their wealth. Right. She's what do they do with their platform? Exactly. That's right. That's you know, right. people so. love Aretha Frank or Franklin. And I, you know, could not say too much about her voice and how she sang, but she too was an activist. I didn't learn that until she yes. died. Um, and so when you're looking at someone, and I don't normally do this, but again, this whole adulting thing is too much for me. But you you tend to pull the curtain back just a little bit more because you want to know more, um, and so you you could be surprised about what you can learn if you just take a couple minutes mm -hmm. um, to pull the curtain back and see what else they have going on. Because sure, they're out there, and this is how you know them. But you know, as we talk to you every week, people, women are multifaceted. It's mm -hmm. not just that one side that you see on that particular moment in time, what else are they up to? Which is part of being a multipreneur, but also a cosmopolitan leader. Yeah. But just uh, human, um, most of us are more than one dimensional. So it's just fascinating to learn. And so when I do take a moment to sit down and, and watch and be reminded, which I don't always, but you know, sometimes when I do, first of all, I gotta keep the Kleenex right, you know, right over there. But um <laughs> You know, it's it's very inspirational. And to learn, yeah, I was right there, you know, I was out there watching Soul Train. I never learned to dance, but you know, I was out there watching it. I, I wanted to learn to dance. But again, to know about his activism, no, I don't think I knew that. And like I said, I didn't know until Aretha Franklin died that she was an activist. So um, it's wonderful. Because you hear about the negativity. Mm -hmm. When, you know, these stars, they make all this money while they're playing a sport. And then I'm gonna say three weeks later, but you know, they retire, they don't have the limelight because they didn't have the proper proper money management. So you hear all the negative stories, but mm -hmm. you don't very often hear the positive stories about people who are using their platform 
Lizzo to be more current, if you will. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, so, um, and honestly, I didn't, um, I knew who Lizzo was, but, you know, I didn't know what all the fuss was about um, until I took a burlesque class, if you will. And um, one of her songs was utilized uh, in the class, which made me take a, you know, pay a little bit more attention. Um, and so she too uses her voice. Um, the It wasn't the Grammys, but there was another one before that and how, she, you know, she got an award. She says, no, oh, People's Choice Award, I think it was. No, I don't deserve this. And then she brought all these other people out so they could speak and share their truth during her, the time that was allotted for acceptance speech, she brought all these mm -hmm. other people out to say what they were doing and why, you know, to get the word out. Andy Hugh. So actually, what is that? What, what is the point? Um, community mindset is not just your local community, it's your global community. And becoming involved and becoming aware and bringing them back home to your actions and your advocacy. And so what my fuss was to see it two hours ago, was that, um, you know, I, I'm i in um, California. I'm even in the Bay Area. And I would feel like we should have a lot more going on as far as um, some of these agencies, communities, networks um, out there making a difference and making their voice heard and making a change. But I hear so much more, for whatever reason, about the East Coast and the South doing mm -hmm. the things in terms of black, something black power, black uh, unity. Um, black excellence. Thank you. Um, and so I'm like, well, why isn't that here mm -hmm. in California, the melting pot, if you will. So anyway, that was my fuss and so how it's not, but that doesn't mean there's not some in things that we can do individually. So for example, definitely look to your schools and local governments, unless you live in four city Florida. Um, <laughs> for activities that are promoting or otherwise uh, sharing intel about Black um, history, Black community, Black, past, the, uh, you know, our past, present, and future contributions. Uh, research social media and emails that share corporate visions on how they support Black History Month. Um, you know, everybody, there are some missteps, because you do hear about those missteps. Um, mm -hmm. I thought about sharing one that might be inappropriate, but you know, anyway, so corporations are, you know, they're concerned with the bottom line. So they are That's going right. to- That's it. That's it. It doesn't, that, that works, you know? Yeah, so they're going to promote <laughs> Black History Month. So look and see what they're doing. So when you learn something new, maybe you can share a did you know, like I do that sometimes on my uh, social media. I think, hey, did you know? Or, you know, I call it PSA sometimes, public service announcement. And you share that little piece of information because- Again, it's that whole network of getting the word out one to many and, you know, grapevine, keep it going. Um, consider a short analysis discussion. Like if you see a topic worthy of sharing, don't just say here, you know, give a point of view or why it's important or, you know, what a next step can be or how you can learn more. Um, just take you know, two more minutes to just get that out there. Um, seek, seek avenues to voice the hard truths of our experiences with a goal of peaceful interaction though. Um, keyword peaceful. Um, you know, sometimes you get angry, sometimes you get hurt, but no one can really hear you if you're yelling. I get very bad hearing and someone's yelling at me. So, um, you know, peaceful interaction. Both sides must be willing to listen to each other and to work together on creating solutions. And so out of all our time together, because we may have taken a couple minutes here, um, 
is that we want to help you, first of all, see, hear, and learn about what's out there, but we also hope to inspire some conversation and some activity and the reflection because it shouldn't be just a, a, a carve out February. A Black mm -hmm. History Month, again, every day is about how we live it, breathe it, share it, and speak it. So we are encouraging you to sit up, take a little notice, and say, hey, this is what I've learned. This is how I can use it. This is how I can share it. And this is why and how it makes a difference. All right. So yeah, we're bringing it on home. Um, this topic could have gone in so many different directions. Um, you know, I, I had a, a little bit of a challenge trying to keep it narrow, you know, for a podcast. But um, one of the things I did, I decided to write a blog and to incorporate the DEI piece of it. Because again, we are a diverse people. Even Blacks are diverse for heaven's sake, but we're all diverse. So as we have invited you to look at Black History Month differently, all of 2023, why it's important, not about just the past. It is important for the present and certainly for the future. And if you happen to come up and talk to somebody who kind of rolls their eyes or kind of says something, that's because people are kind of tired of the status quo. You know, people are like, hey, you know what? We got to do something different. So it isn't about checking the box. And just mentioning, you know, the usual familiar names and accomplishments, because we're all about so much more. In a nutshell, Black history is American history. So for anybody to say differently, it's just flat out wrong. Hence why I brought in the, well, Larissa shared it. And I thought it was important that we share. It is important to use the truth. We can't get around the truth is the truth. And we might not like all of it. That's not why it's the truth to like it. It's the truth, okay? And so we want to focus on, uh, you know, both the historical contributions of Blacks as well as living Black history. And so I'm glad we have this podcast because there we have other opportunities to share about that. But the bottom line is opportunities abound if you just look for them. And so we, we certainly don't have the time to talk about all the many firsts, but quite frankly, people are saying, you know what, these are the first, but we're now working on the seconds and the third. So um, again, my mind just kind of flutters through some different people I've heard talk about this and uh, people are excited. People are excited not only to share, but they are excited to be part of a move that's like this, okay, to really help others. And so uh, when you start even with the little ones, uh, we're, we're not born a certain way. We're actually taught the things that can go south or they can go north, depending on what we share. So uh, for our listening audience, we just want to thank you for listening and uh, we hope you'll write down something that you will do this month and the next month and the next month, okay? Because we're all about growing and becoming. So our final week in February is going to be a Voyager interview with Cheryl Zaleskas. 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 
And so remember, we're talking about leadership. And so we can never get enough about values-driven leadership, particularly in today's world. So that's what she's going to talk about. So don't forget to set your clock for our interview starting next Sunday at 5 Eastern Standard Time and oh, 2 p.m. Pacific. Well, of course I'm going to say that. I know, it was already there. I was throwing in there just because. No, it's, it was there and Eastern wasn't there. So I just yes, wanted to here. recognize that. Yes. I'm just mixing it up for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Check the podcast out. So next up, we will have more amazing discussion because it is going to be National Women's Month. Thank you for listening. Thanks so much for joining us. And we will see you next time, gentle persons. Ciao.